This podcast contains recordings and information about true events featuring subject matter some audiences might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hi again, I'm Josh Einiger, and I'm a reporter at Channel 7 Eyewitness News in New York. And you're listening to the Eyewitness to Gilgo Beach podcast, Chapter 6, The FBI Joins the Case. After Shannon Gilbert is found, that's when things kind of start to go a little quiet in the investigation. We're here today because we think it's important uh, to let the public know that we are doing everything we can uh, to solve these murders. Here we have another anniversary, December 10th, 2015. So five years later, we have another announcement, the first in a while, that the FBI is, is now joining the investigation. Five years later, Cameron says it's now time to call in the FBI. The FBI has a lot more experience nationwide investing serial killer cases than we do. So, you know, as we look through the evidence with them, maybe just bouncing things off each other will be useful. So, I mean, I really am excited about the, the new partnership with them. Bringing the FBI to the table with all of its expertise and resources is a step in the right direction. Which has been going on for five years with no FBI involvement. They provided some kind of support early on when they were searching with a device they had in a helicopter, but the FBI was kept at bay all this time. And only now are they getting involved. Timothy Sini, a former federal prosecutor now awaiting confirmation as police commissioner, would not address why the FBI wasn't asked for more help sooner. But he did say this. It's not about uh, you know who makes the arrest. It's not about who gets the credit. Uh, that's not helpful. What's helpful is making sure that there's, a, that there's a climate and a culture where people are working together to solve serious crimes. Why did that collaboration not happen for so many years? It happened because of politics, because we had a police chief in Suffolk County, as well as a DA, that did not seem open to FBI involvement. The announcement comes just one day after the arrest of Suffolk's former police chief, James Burke. We know for a fact that Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke single-handedly kept the FBI out of this investigation. Are you still denying the accusations? What is Chief Burke hiding? I did a one-on-one -on -one with Burke when he was promoted to Chief of Department of the Suffolk County Police Department. And I remember sitting in his office, talking to him about why this case was so dysfunctional. I remember he looked at me and he said, we're going to take charge of this case and we're going to solve it. It's time for us to do our jobs. There were all these questions about why they didn't involve the FBI. And it turned out it was because the FBI was looking at him. The FBI arrested 51-year-old James Burke at his mother's home this morning and then brought him to the FBI office in Melville for processing. My colleague Stacey Sager also covers Long Island, and she was there as scandal engulfed the police chief and threatened the Gilgo case. James Burke's tenure as police chief was a questionable time, an ethical freefall. From the moment he started, he spent the time that he was there doing everything possible to cover up his own misdeeds. And that's where the focus of Suffolk County Police was at the time, not on solving the Gilgo case. Burke accused of assaulting a handcuffed suspect and trying to cover it up. He pleaded not guilty to the charges, one count of deprivation of civil rights and one count of conspiracy to commit obstruction of justice. He was cocky till the end. He believed his own hype, he believed he could cover up his own misdeeds, and he spent the entire time doing that. Prosecutors painted a miserable picture of a man who thought he had the power to beat up Loeb in front of at least three officers, then allegedly suggest they give Loeb, a heroin addict, a so-called hot shot, a deadly mix of heroin. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? 
The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. Christopher Loeb broke into James Burke's vehicle. I believe he found his firearm. He found <laughs> sex toys. James Burke had a questionable history before this. And so the judge denied bail altogether, saying he thinks the corruption of an entire department by Burke is shocking. The district attorney, Thomas Spoda, and James Burke had a decades-long relationship. They were very close, and both of them ended up facing criminal charges. Thomas Spoda learned his fate in a corruption case today in court. Spoda helped orchestrate an elaborate plot to cover up a 2012 police beating of a suspect. No one is above the law. We know from officers who, and detectives who worked during that time that Burke made it very clear to the department that he did not want the FBI involved. Chief James Burke is stepping down and resigning from the department. And he ended up getting indicted in federal court on corruption charges. James Burke will now spend nearly three years behind bars. He spent 46 months in prison and he got back out and was picked up again for soliciting a sex worker in a public park. Burke is now charged with public lewdness, offering a sex act, criminal solicitation, and indecent exposure. What does that tell you? Not someone you would want investigating a serial killer. Your crime has affected the entire county and the entire police organization and institution. Being a local reporter here, the way it would work with Gilgo Beach is we something would happen and then it would go quiet for years. That was just the way it worked. Get a little something, quiet for years. So in January of 2020, we get another little bit of information. A new piece of evidence in the case. Cops releasing this picture of a belt. The Suffolk County Police Commissioner at the time, Geraldine Hart, brings out this picture of this belt. A black leather belt embossed with the letters HM or WH was recovered during the initial stages of this investigation. And we thought, oh, this must be some sort of smoking gun. They call this evidence significant, yet police held on to it for nearly a decade. It was the first time the needle was moving again, and she was trying to make something happen. I think she was also viewed as an outsider because she came from the FBI and she was trying to further the case. She was trying her best. We have decided now to leverage uh, social media. Here's this police commissioner just standing up saying, you know, we're gonna have a website, we're gonna get outside labs now. First time they're starting to think about DNA. They realize that this is a small piece of evidence, but they're hoping that it will generate some interest. At least we're hoping that when they put this belt out there that they would get some leads. But nothing again, it went quiet again. Police in Suffolk County today released the identity of a victim in the infamous Gilgo Beach murders. And then five months later, in May of 2020, in the middle of COVID, police come out with more news. Today, we are announcing that Jane Doe number six has been positively identified as Valerie Mack. Mack was ultimately identified when investigators used data from DNA websites to track her family down. Interviews were conducted with potential relatives who provided investigators with additional DNA samples, which were processed and analyzed, leading us to determine the deceased woman's identity.
So I stopped being the Long Island reporter in around 2012, 2013, and I was still actively interested in this case. I still covered it from time to time, but there were Long Island reporters who came in after me. Kristen Thorne replaced me on Long Island, Shante Lands replaced her on Long Island, and there's a continuum of people who've been covering this case. So I cover the NYPD a lot, basically every major story involving the New York City Police Department, which is the biggest and perhaps most professional police agency in the country, if not the world. Rodney Harrison was a rising star in the New York Police Department. He had been chief of detectives, he had been chief of patrol, he had been chief of department, and then he left to go be the police commissioner in Suffolk County. And when Suffolk County made that announcement that Rodney Harrison was coming to run their department, I knew they were going to solve this case. I am honored and proud to welcome uh, Rodney Harrison to be the next commissioner of this policing family. And it comes just one day after the 10-year mark of the discovery of the remains of Shannon Gilbert. For us, our two top priorities right now, solving the Gilgo Beach serial murder case and implementing the police reform plan. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison has always said that these homicides are solvable and that he is going to solve them. So he creates a task force, Gilgo Beach Task Force. Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison today announcing a new task force made up of investigators from the FBI, the New York State Police, as well as the Suffolk County Police Sheriff's Office and the DA's Office. People who really know what they're doing in investigating a major case like this. When I first came into this position, uh, there was a commitment. The commitment is I'm gonna make sure that we use all of our resources to be able to identify the individuals or individual that was involved uh, in this case and make sure we hold them accountable and bring them to justice. It was kind of like confetti going off because I was like, finally, he's bringing that institutional knowledge that we see every day with the NYPD. That small town police department needed a big town, big city approach to this case. Working with our, our federal partners, I think uh, that's gonna be something that's going to definitely get us over that hurdle going into the future of this case. I hope that what the Gilgo Beach Task Force has proved is that collaboration, true collaboration, not just saying that you're collaborating, but actually doing it works. And that's what led to a break in this case. Thanks for listening to Eyewitness to Gilgo Beach, Episode 6. Make sure you hit subscribe. In our next episode, Shannon Gilbert's terrifying final moments are revealed when her desperate 911 call is released. Eyewitness News has many more podcasts. To find out more, visit abc7ny.com slash podcasts.